Today we're talking to Kimberly Bell. Kimberly Bell is a USA Today and internationally best-selling author of six novels, including her latest, Stranger in the Lake and The Marriage Lie, a Goodreads Choice Awards semifinalist for Best Mystery and Thriller. Her books have been published in more than a dozen languages and have been optioned for film and television. A graduate of Agnes Scott College, Bell divides her time between Atlanta and Amsterdam. Welcome, Kimberly. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, um, we're excited to have you. Um, you you say home is where the laptop is. Where is the laptop today? Well, actually, right now there are two sitting in front of me. <laughs> uh, but I am currently in Atlanta, but just for another month. And then um, early May, I head over to Holland for a few months in Amsterdam. So... Your books are so unique and they feature this mix of suspense and then kind of complicated relationships. And so um, looking at that, was that it's it's a very unique niche. Did you plan that or did it just happen organically? Um, A little bit of both, actually. So my first two books, The Last Breath and The Ones We Trust, they kind of straddled the line in between um, like a suspense. They're both very suspenseful books. There's a a mystery at the core, um, but they also cross into women's fiction and romance a little. And that is um, a type of book that I love to read. Um, So I started out my career writing those kinds of books. Um, But the problem is, is that it's, uh, readers don't always know what they're they're getting in for when they pick up one of those books. Someone who picks it up looking for suspense is going to be a little put off maybe by the women's fiction and romance and vice versa. So when it came time for me to write my third book, um, my publisher said, you know, we love you. We love your voice. We really want to um, keep you on with us, but we'd like you to sit more solidly in one of these genres. And we think your voice is really um uh, you know, aimed towards a suspenseful type of story. Do you think you could write that? And so um, when I sat down to write my third book, which is The Marriage Lie, and if you've read it, there's, there's oh, yeah. also a very um, big romance in that story. It's a married couple. They've been married for seven years and a day when, you know, their lives fall apart. Um, but, you know, it, it it really is a suspense story at its core. I'll tell you, either way, whatever you're writing, it's fabulous. And um, and your the imagery that you include when when I'm li- I listen, you know, I'm an audiobook. Mm-hmm. I, that's my jam is audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And when I'm listening to some authors, I have to stop what I'm doing and find my my kids and my husband laugh because I'll leave note cards around the house because I'll hear some imagery and I'll jot it down, not to, you know, not to copy those words, but just to think about it, kind of the Margie Lawson, yeah, theory, you know, to be able to, to go back and go, okay, I need to be thinking in terms of this, not, you know, especially the, that whole show, not tell thing. So you've, you've nailed that. Um, I do that too, by the way, I have a, of you know phrases and sometimes it'll be on my computer and sometimes it'll be you know that I write it down as I'm reading if I'm reading a paper book but yeah it's it's a great way to um you know kind of train your mind to think along those terms when you're writing can you tell us about your writing journey um sure so I um I 
Writing is kind of, I guess, my second gig. I worked for years and years in nonprofit fundraising and Mm -hmm. um, loved it, had a great career in it. You know, I worked for some of the big organizations when I was living in Holland. I worked for Habitat for Humanity. And then when I moved here, I worked for the YWCA and um, did a bunch of uh, consulting for some big organizations here in Atlanta. And, but I always thought, you know, I have a story to tell. And it was kind of a secret dream. Like one day when I'm big and grown, I'm going to write a book. And um, then 2008 came and I was doing consulting at the time. And literally every single one of my clients dried up overnight. They just vanished. And some Mm. of them don't even exist anymore. The crash hit and it just hit, you know, the nonprofit industry really hard. Um, and they sent home every, a lot of people, but first of all, they're, you know, um, freelance people like me. So I woke up one day and I didn't have a job and I had this secret dream and I was kind of pushing 40. I was late thirties at the time. And I thought, you know, I can go out and find another job. I'm sure I can, or maybe this is the nudge from the universe that I've been waiting for. And, um, you know, maybe I should just go for it. So I did, I sat down on my laptop and I, I really didn't talk about it a lot in the beginning. Cause I wanted to be sure that I could write a book before I went around, you know, telling all my friends and family, Hey, I'm writing this book. <laughs> um, but I sat down at my computer and realized I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So I spent a number of years, you know, studying everything, you know, writing some practice books that really didn't go anywhere. Um, You know, following courses, that's when I found Margie Lawson, um, who is the writing guru of all writing gurus. Yes. And, um, you know, I just, I spent a number of years just really figuring out how to structure a book, how to, how to, you know, heightened suspense in a story, um, how to write really, because I had written a lot of marketing stuff and fundraising letters and things like that, but, but how to really create this, you know, 90,000 word story. And it's way more complicated than you think it's going to be. And you think it's going to be complicated. So, um, like I said, that was 2008. And then my first book came out in 2014. So, you know, it took, it tells you a little bit about how long it took me. And, and in that time, nobody had paid me a penny. So you do have to have in the beginning, at least, unless you're super, super lucky, you have to have kind of a really long term vision of, and, and some patience, a bucket load of patience. You know, writing's hard and, and so many people give up when their manuscripts don't get picked up right away by agents or publishers. How did you find the courage to keep writing while you waited for that call? Um, well, like I said, I didn't really talk about it all that much in the very beginning. And I think that that helped me just, um, that it, that it was kind of a private thing that I was doing just, and I'm really stubborn. (laughs) So I wanted to prove to myself that I could. Um, but the other part, you know, I wrote, so my books when they came out, um, was first the last breath and then the ones we trust, but I actually wrote them in reverse. I wrote the ones we trust and I started querying that. Um, and I wasn't getting a whole lot of traction. That was my first practice book that I wrote all the way through. And um, it needed to be rewritten like a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, I, you know, everyone always says, even when you're querying, don't stop writing, you know, write your next book while you're querying. So I did. And I came up with the idea for The Last Breath. 
And I knew as soon as I um, started developing that story, I was like, this is the one that's going to find me an agent. I just knew it was a, it's a hooky story. It's about a a man who um, gets released from prison. He's in there for murder. And in, in order to come home to die, he has terminal cancer. And it's a real thing. It's called um, compassionate release. They don't do it with murderers. So I did take a little bit of liberty with that. Because it was such a, a unique premise, I just felt like it would get me noticed by an agent. So when I started, um, I was almost done with that and I started querying it and it was getting a lot of traction. So that, that kept me going um, while I was, you know, waiting for the call um it it i guess in the you know if i compare it to other authors it was really i spent maybe six to eight months querying which really isn't all that's that's good when you're writing you know now that you've published so many how is your writing process different than when you began? Um, well, it's slower for one, which is weird and logical, I guess, at the same time. Because um, when I first started, I didn't realize or I didn't fully know um, how crappy my writing was in that first draft. And I just, you know, powered through and I would write gosh, sometimes I would hit 4,000 words a day. And now I'm lucky if I hit 1,500. That's a really good writing day for me because I I guess my stories are also getting more, not complicated, but just a little more um, involved. The storylines are a little more involved and the characters, I'm, you know, choosing different types of characters as well. And so it just, it takes me a little bit longer to get there. Um, also I really write from a, uh, an outline and my outlines are getting more and more detailed before I start writing in the beginning, I would kind of think, okay, well, these are my big plot points in the book. And I would point myself in a direction and just see how I got to that plot point. And now I am outlining everything chapter scene. I'm doing character sketches. I'm really getting into the nitty gritty of the story before I even start writing, um, which helps me stay focused as I'm going because, you know, writing a book is a long slog and (laughs) easy to find other stuff that you'd rather be doing. Um, But when I have an outline and when I write, I take the time to write a clean, good first draft I stay more involved in my story for some reason. I don't know why it it makes sense. A weird glitch in my, (laughs) in my brain. I don't know. Like if you had to guess how many pages of outline. So I'm working on an outline for my next story and it is currently nine pages, but it's nowhere near done. I mean, I've, I've gotten all the chapters in there, so they're all in there, but you know, each chapter is maybe a, a paragraph or so. And before I, really start writing it, I'm going to go through and each one of those chapters will be much longer than just a paragraph. And how long does that process, just the preparation, how long does that take you? It differs with every story. Some stories come faster than others. And some stories I propose, because this is part of my proposal um, to my editor. And sometimes she's like, great, start writing. And other times she's like, 
well, could we rework this or this character, you know, even sometimes with the structure of the story, the way I'm telling it, she wants me to um, play with that. So, you know, if I, if I can hit it right the first time, an outline typically takes me three, maybe four weeks. Um, if I need to fiddle with it, it can take, you know, two or three times that long, just going back and forth until we get it right. Wow. Well, that's, I can see, you know, it's something with suspense. I can see how important that, that yeah. outline is. Yeah. And, um, you know, you are also quite the traveler. It seems, I mean, I follow you on, on Twitter and other social media, you know, how do you, how do you keep your writing up when you're going, you know, like, like you said, you're going to be, um, in Holland in May. So how do you keep all that up and, and maintain focus? Deadlines. <laughs> they scare me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, you know, I, when we are in Holland, cause my husband is Dutch and um, he has an office there and an office in Atlanta. And so, you know, wherever we are either place, he's, having normal work days. And I do too. Um, I work from home of course, but you know, I, I, I really, it, the only thing that changes for me in terms of my schedule is, um, you know, the place <laughs> it's not necessarily, um, uh, anything different in Holland as it is here. And, you know, we actually 2020 was of course a real big fat bummer, Yeah, um, <laughs> but we, go on um some now that our kids are out of the house we spend if we can get away in february we do um not to holland we go somewhere warm usually an island in the caribbean or someplace like that and and same thing yeah we you know we work in the mornings into the afternoons our day be a little bit shorter but i can cram my writing if i if i'm if i plan it out i can cram my writing into you know a shorter day. And then, and then we just kind of hang out in the afternoons, go for hikes. Um, but like I said, the deadlines keep me focused because I know if I don't, if I wait too long, then I end up in this stressful, you know, mess and I can't get anything (laughs) written. So for me, I'm like, you know, the tortoise and the hare, I'm the tortoise, slow (laughs) and steady, but I just, I just keep going until I get there. Cool. What is your typical writing day look like? Um, I'm usually best in the mornings. That's when I do my best work. So I, my alarm goes off at seven fifteen, and you know, my commute is down a set of stairs and into another room. <laughs> so, um, I'm usually behind my laptop by eight at the latest. And, um, and then I just go, I, I have a, um, word count that I'm aiming for every day when I'm writing, when I'm in the actual process of writing, and that's just based on like how many days I have until my deadline. Um, and I just, I just write until I hit that word count. And sometimes it takes me a couple hours and sometimes it takes me all day. Uh, but I, I am very, um, like I said before, stubborn and focused and I just keep going until it's done because, um, like I said, deadline. And. <laughs> <laughs> um- how is how has your early life in Tennessee informed your writing? Because you you've got kind of these great scene, you know, the, these I, I can picture in your books, I can picture the trees and the the moss and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so how how has it like from your side, how has it informed your writing? 
Um, well, it definitely informed my writing when I was writing The Last Breath, because that is a story that is set in Tennessee, about a half an hour from where I grew up in a town called Rogersville. It's a real place. It's near Kingsport, Tennessee, which is where my parents still live. Um, so it definitely influenced um, my writing early on. And then as I was writing that story, I kind of, I think I really found my voice, which as you can tell, it's like my speaking voice it has a Southern twang to it. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, it's funny. I've tried to write characters that um, aren't from this or that aren't from the South and it just doesn't work. I was writing a character who um, the story takes place in Island. It's a book I'm co-writing or I've co-written with three other authors. And um, it's, it takes place in Providence, Rhode Island. And I wasn't going to make my character Southern, but then she just kept having this Southern voice in my head. I would hear her and she had an accent. And so I said, we're going to have to like make her a transplant or something because apparently I can't write a a woman's voice without it sounding Southern in my head. <laughs> well, it sounds like it'll make it more interesting too to have that, you know, a little more tension. Um, what are you reading now? Oh, favorite story. And I always have to look because I am reading, I'm a blurb book called the neighbor's secret. It's by L Allison Heller. It doesn't come out until October. So I'm about halfway through that. Um, getting a sneak peek, which is one of the best perks of this job. If you ask me, people <laughs> give me their books and let me read them before they hit the uh, the, the stands. Um, and I just finished Hank Philippi Ryan's um, book that comes out in September, which is called Her Perfect Life. It's fabulous. Yeah. I'm writing that down and putting it on my list. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 2020 was one for the books. You mentioned it a little while ago. Um, how did it impact you and your writing? Hmm. Well, strangely enough, I was talking about how my process, um, how my writing process has gotten much slower, the longer I go on. But what I discovered during, cause I started writing around March of last year, the book that comes out this December, it's called, um, my darling husband. And what I found was without all the distractions of normal life, right? We were stuck in the house with nowhere to go. Um, and with all the horrible, awful news that was hitting our TVs and radios every single day and everything was so scary. I just were down. And for me, it was a great distraction. And I banged out that entire book in four months, which has wow. never happened to me. <laughs> never. Yeah. So um, it, it actually, I, I wrote really two books. I wrote that book. And then I wrote the book that I co-wrote with um, these three other authors that's called uh, Young Rich Widows. It's it's an Audible original. It'll be coming oh. out I think, like early next year. Nice. Um, yeah. So I, I it impacted my writing in that I wrote way faster and more than I ever thought I could in a year. Um, but it was also a fabulous distraction for me to get my mind off things and kind of dive into this fictional world where there was no such thing as a pandemic. In your view, what are the key elements to good writing? 
Um, well, you know, you talked before about visual language in a book. Like I love the books where I can, you know, where it kind of plays like a movie across the page. Those are my favorite kinds of um, writing when it comes to a story. I also love the plot lines that grab you from, you know, page or chapter one, where something really, um, you know, uh, compelling happens and that keeps you glued to the page. Um, those are two things I try to do in my uh, story well. And I love the, you know, Margie Lawson talks about fresh writing. I, I think fresh writing is, is part of what keeps me glued to a page as well. Like the phrases, the things worded in a way that you've never heard it before that make you really think like, oh, and it resonates and it makes you want to write it down so you can remember <laughs> it, you know, um, yes. later. And I think those are the, the, the key elements as far as um, reading and my writing go. What are the scenes that you have the most fun writing? Uh, I think it's the action scenes where there's something really crazy happening. And actually, I think that might be part of why My Darling Husband was a four-month project because it's a story about a home invasion and it is adrenaline, you know, crazy action from the get-go, really. Um, and I think because it was, um, so high tension and fast paced, it really just came out of me that way as well. So can't wait to get um, my hands on that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it's my pandemic book that has nothing to do with the pandemic, but I'm telling you, it was, it was, I think some of the stress maybe I was feeling at the time got translated to the stress on the page, (laughs) Um, but it was, it's definitely high adrenaline and it was a blast to write. Oh, cool. Very cool. Well, okay. So when you type, you type at the end, the end, how do you celebrate? (laughs) By passing out for like what, three days, four days. (laughs) Um, I typically, I really do try to market with something, you know, with a dinner and um, a bottle of champagne or something yummy. Um, Sometimes I'll, you know, yeah, buy a little something just so that every time I put on that sweater, I think, oh, this is my, you know, whatever book it was. Um, Yeah, I I definitely try to market because you have to. It's It's a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. Well, you know, I started this podcast to to show uh, new authors, the camaraderie among, you know, experienced authors and in newbies. Can you tell us about how your relationships with other authors and publishing professionals has made an impact on your work? Oh, that is like one of my favorite things about this business is the, um, and, and one of the most pleasant surprises in this business is how, um, how many friendships I've built from, you know, other authors, especially other authors, because, you know, it's a very, as you know, it's a very oh, yeah. solitary, you know, you sit in a room by yourself and you talk to made up pretend people in your head. <laughs> and so when you can go to a conference or go to, you know, a, a, even a, you know, course, some sort of course, or um, meet up with your other author friends who are swinging by your city on book tour or vice versa when you're in their town, it is, it is the greatest thing ever. And it makes, it feels very um, 
much like their colleagues and not competition for me. I think, you know, especially the avid readers, if they read me, then they'll read all these other authors as well. And um, it's not either or, it's and, and. And so um, we're always, you know, shouting out about each other's books and, um, you know, helping with new releases. And I do a lot of in conversations with, um, with, authors either on zoom, you know, virtual things, or when we can get back out to the bookstores, there are a couple here that bring a lot of authors through and who will call me up and say, Hey, you want to come in and, you know, interview this author. And I love doing it because, you know, I, I like, you know, it's, it gets old sometimes to talk only about your books, right? I mean, I do talking about my books, but I also love talking about all the other books that I love. Um, is there one piece of advice that you have followed along your journey that you would share with new authors? I mean, I guess my, the piece of advice that, um, and it sounds so logical, but you know, it's writers, write And just keep writing. And, you know, there are a million other things. There's laundry that needs to be folded. There are pets that need to be walked. There's, you know, a million other things that you could be doing, but the only way to get a story is to sit down and write it. And, every story you learn better more you know how to do this thing that you're doing and so just keep writing well thank you for spending some time with us today i know you are super busy and it was just a lovely opportunity to get to talk to one of my favorite authors and i cannot wait to get my hands on the next book so (laughs) thank you so much kimberly Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. To learn more about Kimberly Bell, go to KimberlyBellBooks.com. Writer's Table Podcast Music by Pavel Uden and Photography by Casey Meineke. If you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button and consider leaving a review. To celebrate the launch of my book, Goodbye Lark Lovejoy, the ladies at Apricot Lane Peoria are offering listeners a special treat. Use the code LOVEJOY20 and receive 20% off your orders. Writers and book lovers, submit your questions to writingtablepodcast at gmail.com. That's writingtablepodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit Chris Clink's Writing Table on Facebook and check out upcoming episodes. See who will be joining us at The Writing Table. See you there.